Hey guys, and welcome to the Money Podcast. It was February 27th, 2014. I was doing a TV news story on something relatively new in the investment world, Bitcoin. After briefly explaining digital currencies, I wanted to show the audience exactly how one goes about buying Bitcoin. So I had my videographer take some video of my computer screen while I purchased a half a Bitcoin in real time. My investment, $289.47. Now years go by and I'd almost forgotten about the money I'd thrown at Bitcoin. About four years later, Bitcoin started making headlines because it crossed the $10,000 mark. And that's when it hit me. I own some of that. So I went online, I found it, I sold about half of it. And since I was playing with the house's money, I used the profits to buy some of the second most popular digital currency, Ethereum. Fast forward to today, my crypto investments are worth around $50,000. Now it's been a wild ride. Just this year, Bitcoin started at around $30,000 a coin, got as high as $65,000, fell back to $30,000, and then just last week climbed back to $45,000. That means it has doubled, lost half its value, gained back 30%, and all within seven months. Now, personally, because of the volatility, I'm not convinced crypto is a good investment, but if nothing else, you got to say it's fascinating. That's why I wanted to learn about it and why I want you to understand it too. I'm your host, Stacey Johnson. I'm here with my co-host, Miranda Marquette. Hi, Miranda. Heyo. I'm super excited about this because, as you know, I have been in crypto since 2011. You are such a crypto pioneer. We also have with us novice investor and our producer, Aaron Freeman. Hey, Aaron. Uh, fake news. Bitcoin's fake. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get started, our usual disclaimer. Should you hear about investments on this podcast, and you're about to, that doesn't mean that they are recommendations. You never invest based solely on anything you hear on this podcast because we don't know your situation. So you've got to form your own opinions and make your own decisions. Okay, so let's get back to the topic at hand. This podcast is for those of you out there who don't know much about Bitcoin, except that you're thinking about maybe you want to buy some. This happened to me, by the way, the other day. I was at the doctor's office uh, and my doctor said, you know anything about Bitcoin? And I said, yeah, I know a lot about it. He didn't even know what I did for a living. Uh, and, and so anyway, when, when your doctor starts asking you about stuff, it's everywhere. Doesn't everybody ask you guys about Bitcoin that people are talking about it all the time? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it's getting really popular. Also, that could be a sign of a market top, but, but that's, a, that's another conversation. So l let's start at the beginning. Miranda, Yes. help me out here. Define <laughs> cryptocurrency for me. What's cryptocurrency? Yeah. So first of all, it's important to note that a cryptocurrency is a form of digital asset, and it's based on a network that's distributed across a lot of computers instead of one intermediary. So um, so it's one of those things we're going to probably talk about this a little bit later, but it's decentralized, right? It's a decentralized structure. There's no one, um, one controlling authority with a cryptocurrency. And so keeps it outside of the control of governments uh, and other central authorities. Uh, and it's also important to note that, I mean, we talk about Bitcoin a lot and, although, and think of that. Although that is only on a public ledger. Yes. We'll get into that too. Different yeah, let's, private, too let's, like, let's make this as simple as we can. Let's let's try you guys. It's not going to be easy to do. Let's. This is what I used to tell people when I did TV news stories. I'm saying, talk to me like I'm eight years old, literally. Because right. everyone wants to sound really fancy when they're doing TV interviews. I just say, talk to me like I'm eight. So yeah. I'm telling you guys now, talk to me like I'm eight years old. What's yeah, a mean, cryptocurrency? It is a digital currency. It is a way for you to use uh, a digital token or coin, right, that exists only 
in right only in the digital realm and you can you can use it to buy things or you can hold it and hope it uh, you know goes up in value yeah. it is yeah, it can be used as a medium morning. it can sorry, be used as a medium of ex it's it can be used as a medium of exchange now did you read i, I don't know if i saw it up yes i do um the chairman of the sec gary gensler he he, wrote, he did a speech on august 3rd the aspen security forum it, it was a really good speech you should check it out if you haven't seen it i'll send you guys a link it'll be on our show notes too anyway here's what okay here's first of all quick definition that i read this morning a cryptocurrency is a private form of money with no central intermediary such as a central bank the government or a commercial bank private money digital money from this guy's speech that i just mentioned gary gensler they're supposed to fill money period money in general is supposed to fulfill three functions a store of value a unit of account and a medium of exchange so a store of value being you know obviously it has value if you have fifty dollars you have fifty dollars that's a store of value a unit of account is simply math in other words my house is worth one million dollars uh, and so it's a unit of account uh, the medium of exchange i will give you this million dollars for that house so it's a medium of exchange these are the functions of money now crypto at least bitcoin thus far in its lifespan has not been very useful now i'm going back to what gary gensler said not very useful as a medium of exchange or as a unit of account why because it's so volatile instead they are highly speculative stores of value so it doesn't fulfill two of the three definitions of money it is instead a speculative store of value like gold so did we could think of crypto as digital gold do you think that's true well, I mean, it depends. I mean, you're using Bitcoin and crypto as if they're completely interchangeable. Um, there are folks who actually use other cryptocurrency coins as mediums of exchange and do so on a regular basis. Good point. Um, so, like stable coin, you mean, or something like yeah, that? Yeah, like there are stable coins like the U.S. dollar coin, but there are also other coins that people use. One of the reasons Litecoin was created was so that um, because the Bitcoin network was taking so long to send things back and forth. Uh, I actually know somebody who uses Dash and they pay, they use Dash to pay their virtual assistants in another country. And so those folks receive uh, this cryptocurrency called Dash uh, in return for their services that they have rendered. And I, in fact, uh, my first Bitcoin was actually received as payment <laughs> for an article that and, I wrote in 2011. And so, you used it to buy pizza. I did not use it to buy pizza, thank goodness. <laughs> I kept uh, that. But Abdu did use it to buy pizza. <laughs> yeah, isn't that, didn't that, there's a celebration of that occurring now, yes. apparently. Somebody pizza used day. 10 Bitcoin yes. to buy a slice of pizza or something, which is now worth like $400,000. Yeah, um, so... Anyway, though, okay. Now let's 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 make another distinction here. We've defined what a, crypt, a cryptocurrency is. It's a digital it's digital money, yeah. With without a central bank or a government or anything behind it. Okay. Now, people also hear the word blockchain a lot. Now, blockchain has nothing to do. Cryptocurrency uses blockchain, but they're not the same thing. Blockchain is something that exists outside of cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency is just something that uses blockchain. You want to you want to take a stab at what blockchain is? Well, do you want to go, Aaron, or do you want me to do it? <laughs> uh, 
No, go for it. Yeah, so basically your blockchain, um, like when you talk about uh, putting information together, right? And so a blockchain is just a collection of these blocks of information. So you put uh, information about different uh, transactions go into this block, uh, information about what's going on, all of this information goes into this block. And once the uh, block is full, uh, it's added to the end of the chain, and it acts as a public ledger. And so people can look at this, and everybody can verify, um, like the train of ownership, for example, if you are, um, if you, if you want to execute a smart contract, which you can do, on certain blockchains like Ethereum, uh, everybody, you know, the information is all encoded in this block. It's added to the end of the chain. Everybody can look and see that this was executed. Which so every the, which every corporation on the planet right now is thinking, oh, this is exactly what we wanted. We wanted a public ledger that everybody could see our financials. It's exactly <laughs> what we wanted. No, it's actually true. There are lots of companies that are using blockchain. Yeah, and, and so a, it's important okay, to- Okay, now we're gonna get into the semantics. They're using private blockchain. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, well, the, the bottom line is that the blockchain is supposed to be a way that it's a distributed ledger is what the, the terminology is used, right, Miranda? Um, so everybody, everybody owns a little bit of it. And, and it's also, it, this is what allows these NFTs, these non-fungible tokens. In other words, I created, okay, let's say this podcast. And so I can prove that there's only one copy of this podcast. And I can prove that because it's on the, it's on the blockchain. Therefore, I can sell you this podcast, and you know that nobody else can buy it because there's only one copy of it, and it's and that is that is listed on the blockchain, can't be altered, can't be removed, can't be changed. So, so if I give you the the only copy there is of this podcast, you can know that this is an, the authentic one, and that gives it more value. Now, obviously, not so with this podcast, but with a piece of art or something like that. Well, it what it does is it's basically the underbelly software or code. And what it does is it makes it a little bit more efficient and more cost-effective to validate transactions, whether they'd be documents, whether it be money. If that's if that's, you want to reduce it to its 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 pure form, it's it's really just software. Okay, that that, that makes good. transactions a way easier. Supposed to make it way easier and and easier to make it do accounting in the whole nine yards, um, which is which is great for companies. And again, because it's a just a distributed network. That means that if I want to give Aaron money, I don't have to go through Wells Fargo. I don't. <laughs> the U.S. government doesn't have to know about it. I can give Aaron money, and he can know that, that he's going to get that money. Theoretically, that should be less expensive because Wells Fargo is not taking a cut, and, and we can control this transaction ourselves without anybody else getting involved, which, of course, is one of the complaints people have about Bitcoin because it can also be used for nefarious purposes that way, right? That's why they use it when they're doing these, when they're hijacking uh, the information from companies uh, that they're using Bitcoin to be paid because it can't be traced. But it actually can be traced, as it turns out. But anyway, I don't want to get too far afield. So so blockchain and Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies are different things, but they but cryptocurrencies depend on blockchain as as a uh, well, like Aaron said, then we'll call it the the software underlying the uh, currency. Which is Fair an enough. open source, which is an open source software that anybody can get a hold of and create their own blockchain software from. Right. You know, here's something that I get confused about. There is Ethereum, which is a platform. It's also a store of value. You can buy it like you would Bitcoin. 
but it's not you don't have to own the coin to use the software <laughs> so they're two different things right right but you do buy a token from ethereum to use their platform so oh, you're okay. becoming like a blockchain service provider yeah but okay the odd thing is i don't you guys correct me if i'm wrong i don't think you can buy stock in ethereum as the company you're still no only, no no you're no, still no. only buying the ether ether coin yeah. yes e and that, that's my major investment is is ether ethereum ditto i mean that's the one that i have the most of is ethereum yeah that's what yeah when i sold bitcoin ether, so i bought a half yeah. a bitcoin i sold a quarter of a bitcoin and bought ethereum i think i paid five hundred dollars i forgot what i paid for ethereum and now it's three thousand uh, but I also I put money into this too though. When I I didn't start with two hundred ninety eight dollars, end up with fifty thousand. I put money in along the way. I don't know exactly how much, uh, but I'm way ahead, of course, because I bought it so cheap. That's a blind squirrel finding the acorn. <laughs> I accidentally bought Bitcoin at two hundred ninety eight dollars. Okay, now speaking of okay, we've we've mentioned Bitcoin, we mentioned Ethereum. How many different currencies are there? There's not just two. Oh, there's like more than five thousand. Right. And so now you've invested in another, well, which has become popular, which was what? Dogecoin, right? Oh, yes, yes, Dogecoin. Yes, I have, I have, I have a little uh, experiment. I had a little experiment with Dogecoin. I do have like a small amount of Dogecoin left uh, just for funsies. Um, but I already took most of my profits on the... Uh... I read an article about a guy who created his own, uh, his own currency, cryptocurrency, like as a reporter. To see what it was oh, like, yeah. to see how hard it was to do. And it's then, very easy. Know, it's basically a promotional thing. You know, it's like you create a coin and then you have to go out and get people to buy that coin. And that's the hard part. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much anybody can pretty much create a coin if they want. And there are all sorts of coins and you have to make sure that whatever you're trying to buy or sell is, is compatible with whatever wallet you're using. You have to know what blockchain it's on because, you know, some some of these coins actually use the Ethereum blockchain to run. And so sometimes you have to, you know, if you want to make an exchange or if you want to do something with this coin, uh, you're you're going to have to pay what Ethereum calls gas fees uh, to use the blockchain. Okay, right. now, so that's that's the, that's what it is. You, you know, you're, so you're buying a token. So whatever yep. the ether is valued at at that time, one token is worth one ether. And so whatever the value of that is, whether it's one thousand or three thousand, you got to pay that cost. Actually, so, three thousand twenty-two dollars right now. So what I've read is that there's supposedly a new update code that we're going to push through called Ethereum 2.0, which is supposed to kind of get rid of that gas thing where you have to pay this crazy token fee. Okay, now I'm going to lay a statement out here for you two guys, and then I'm going to take a break. Uh, we're going to take a break, and then when I come back, I want you to respond to the statement. Here's the statement: This is a load of crap. It's smoke and mirrors. It's going to go to zero. It's useless. Anyone who has any sense at all should run away from this stuff. Okay, with that, we're going to take a break. We'll be right <laughs> back. Okay, we're back. Okay, guys, I just said that this whole thing is ridiculous, which lots of people have said. What do you think? Respond, Miranda. Well, I mean, I think I think that it's hard to know whether actually using cryptocurrency is going to catch on uh, as both a store of value or as a medium of exchange. But I think the underlying technology blockchain is likely to stick around um, and it might evolve. We don't know what it's going to look like in the coming years, but the underlying technology is likely to uh, stick around. I, th I think that is definitely true. 
But I, but you know, when you say that the cryptocurrencies may catch on, there's a trillion dollars in these things. I mean, one would have to say it's kind of caught on. No, I don't think so. What, what, what do you say then? I'm Harry? actually scared of it. So here's the deal. We've got about $736 billion invested in Bitcoin. And we've got about $277 billion in the market cap in Ethereum. So just those two have a trillion dollars of market value. Yeah, exactly. Now, those two are public ledger block, blockchains. Now, what this means is that their financials are open to public. So anybody's using this stuff, you can look into it. I don't know too many companies that want their financials just out there in the open. And do you guys really think that the United States military industrial complex that keeps world peace is going to start paying their soldiers in bitcoins or the NSA or blackout financials are going to be on a public ledger? No, it could still be a store of value without being used as a currency. I, I think it's I think it's odds of being used as an actual currency. It could still be used as a medium of exchange. I mean, you know, obviously I could pay you in Bitcoin, uh, but I don't think it's going to replace the greenback. I mean, I, I, I think it's right now it's, it's used as a store of value. It's used as a store of speculation. But it's pointless because the second you digitize and, and blockchain the dollar bill, there's no use for any of the rest of them. Now I can see I can see like some other like I, I, islander governments or something like that using this and coming up with a brand new uh, currency for themselves, but I don't see the U.S. doing that. What? Do you, how do you respond to that, Miranda? Oh, I was going to say I I agree as far as like these other currencies go because like right now the Federal Reserve is looking at creating a digital dollar. Um, they're considering it. It's it's something that's on their radar is creating. Yeah, does a digital that does dollar. that make Bitcoin useless? Uh, I don't know that I, I don't know whether it makes it completely useless. Um, I know people will still it might still be interesting to people who want it as a store of value, something that's not connected to the U.S. government, because there is like a, a there are people who just prefer not to have, you know, who like the idea of not having their money connected to like a government authority, but I don't think it's a widespread amount of people. I don't think it's going to be mainstream. I What I think is that the underlying technology um, is going to evolve to where we can use like smart contracts. And you don't have to have all of the information out there on a public ledger because you can modify that underlying technology uh, to do what you want to do. I mean, Monero is a great example of a privacy blockchain um, model where basically what Monero does and why it's getting banned in some countries, <laughs> but uh, because because it, because what it does is it obscures all of this information that you're talking about out there in a, in a public ledger, what they do is they send uh, fake transactions along with the real transactions, so you can't pinpoint which one's the real transaction. And so it obscures the amounts, where it's going, all of those things. And so I think the underlying technology can evolve, and I don't know what blockchain's going to look like later. We don't know if it's going to evolve into something that's a little bit different. Um, but we are you know, looking at the potential for different ways to send and receive information. Okay, well, let, let's, let's uh, well said, but let, let, me, let me put it this way. Let's again, let's think of our, our listeners. They want to know, should they buy any cryptocurrency? Should they buy Bitcoin? Should they buy Ethereum? I say How would you answer that? Too volatile. I say- You say no. I say you should invest in blockchain service providers. Like Coinbase, you mean? No. Like what? Like IBM, Amazon, Intel, MasterCard, DocuSign, Silvergate. All okay. of these guys are creating 
blockchain. Companies are going to benefit from the blockchain. No, they're not benefiting. They're creating blockchain services. So in other words, yeah. if you want to uh, send a document or you want to do a transaction where you actually are digitizing the dollar and you're doing a transaction, so let's say we actually blockchain the dollar, these companies are setting themselves up to be service providers for other companies for to do that. So you are not a direct investor into cryptocurrency. I think cryptocurrency is crap. It's it's it's, uh, it's the <laughs> dot com of the '90s, and then when it crashes, it's going to be bad. And you're not the only one with that opinion, Miranda. What about you? So I think that um, I think that it is something that is potentially like it's it's very speculative right and speculative to the point where it could be considered gambling which is why we talk about how i don't keep a lot like most of my portfolio is not in cryptocurrency i think it's interesting it's kind of fun to see where it's going but the money i have in there is money that i can afford to lose and a lot of the cryptocurrency that i do have i did buy uh prior to 2017 um, or I was given it. So, so I don't have a lot of my own money on the line there. And I think that Aaron makes a very good point that when it all comes crashing down, there are so many different currencies. If something, if one particular blockchain is in fact adopted for use and has that use case, uh, everything else goes to pot, right? And it, trying to figure out that one you know, if, if it does actually take off the one or two that become viable, um, you know, it's really a uh, roulette as to like whether or not you're you're good on that. So um, it's not something that I would like base my retirement on. And it's certainly not something that I think is going to end well for the vast majority of regular people. Well, I'll tell you what I told my doctor and, and, and the advice was not unlike yours, really, Miranda. I said, if you want to fool around with crypto, that's uh, that's fine. But realize that you're literally gambling. I wouldn't put more than 5% of my assets. And I think that's a lot, actually. 5% is uh, a lot, yeah. Into, into crypto. And to put in no money that you can't afford to lose. Uh, because it could go to zero. I mean, th this, unlike almost anything else, uh, people, you know, I hate it when people say the stock market's gambling. Because the stock market isn't gambling. Because wealth is actually created in the stock market. When Apple sells more iPhones, everybody wins. Nobody has to lose. This is not that. There is no intrinsic value to to bitcoin there's a trend there, there may be value to blockchain as a, as a technology but bitcoin could go to zero it, they're not making anything they don't pay a dividend and, and you know what it reminds me of too i was going to bring this up it's like gold because gold used to be a medium of exchange right and then fiat currencies came along fiat currencies meaning like fake currencies like the dollar because it's not real gold uh, and, and so but gold is still a medium of, of uh investment People do still own gold and it does go up and down and they use it as a hedge against inflation or against political uncertainty or blah, blah, blah. I mean, gold does have some intrinsic value in the sense that it's used to make jewelry, but the, the, but the price of gold is really not connected to its use in jewelry. It's really, uh, it's, a, it's a medium. So the reason I'm in it, first of all, like you, Miranda, I get in it with, with almost no money. Uh, although I have added significant money to it. I mean, I probably, I, top of my head, I probably have 10 grand that I put in it. Point being, I've got to have something in there just in case. If Ethereum goes to $100,000, I need to own some. I'll, help, I'll hate myself if I don't. But that's literally the only reason I'm in it. Uh, most of the things I buy have a, have a lot more logical background than putting money into crypto. That's my, that's my thought anyway. So I think you want to have a little money in crypto? Have a little money in crypto. And, and you know, when something goes from zero to 100000 <laughs> or, or, or to be more realistic, 
you know, it went from $298 in my case to 45,000, pretty big thing. <laughs> you know, so even though uh, it may all come crashing down and may all end in tears, if it doesn't, I want to have a little bit. I need to. That's the way I feel about it. Hey, I applaud anybody that bought this stuff cheap and sold it at 60. I, you know, that's, that's good me, on my you. Kids. <laughs> you. You bucked the system. You stole some cash from somebody else. And I hope you enjoy your retirement. Every time, I mean, was this the second or the third time we've gotten into Bitcoin on our podcast? Yeah, we have. Every time we go into this and I keep, I read, I study and like, I, I can't, I can't find a thing that makes me go, yeah, this is something. I mean, yeah, even right now, if you think it's something, you could invest in it right now because some people are saying, oh, this is going to end up being 200000 some someday. I don't see it. I can't find the information out there that says this is going to be true. Well, yeah. All I, mean, I see is blockchain services being a, a transformative thing, transformative software that's going to definitely change the health industry and DocuSigns and, and stuff like that and, and probably other financial systems. I just... I can't find anywhere where cryptocurrency is going to take over I agree with you. other than maybe some other random government out there that decides they're going to convert their, their currency over to it. But I just don't see the U S doing that. I, I agree with that. I, I, I would not be shocked if crypto went to zero. I actually, the longer it's gone on, the little more I'd be surprised, but I would not be shocked if it went to zero. I do think that that blockchain as a technology is here to stay because yeah. it makes a lot of sense. All right. And, and, and uh, you know, this other thing I wanted to bring up today, what you're going to hear the words DeFi, which which stands for decentralized finance. Um, and th this is all part of the of the blockchain, too, because this allows if you think about, you know, one of the first things I ever read, I read an article in New York Times about uh, crypto about God, I'm going to say four or five years ago. Um, and it was saying, like, what, what happened with the Internet evolved was there are gatekeepers. Think of Facebook or Google. You know, so they're they're kind of like a bank when it comes to finance, right? In order for me to transact with you two guys, I have to put money in Wells Fargo and you have to take it out. So in other words, Wells Fargo gets a little piece of the action. In order for you and I to communicate on Facebook, we have to give up our information to Mark Zuckerberg because he's the gatekeeper. He built a platform where you and I can interact. And what this actually does, what the blockchain does, is cuts out that intermediary. We, so now I can I can decide whether I want to sell my personal information to you, Aaron, or you, Miranda, and Mark Zuckerberg doesn't get anything. And so, you know, same thing with email, almost anything you think of, there there's an intermediary in the middle. And blockchain allows you to go around that intermediary. And I think that that has value. So you're going to be able to get a loan. I can get a loan from, well, I can get a loan from you now, Miranda, but, but I could get a, a loan from an, an anonymous person using blockchain and not have to go to a bank and not have to pay them interest, not have to give them a piece of the action. And I think this is what's going to be, it's going to really redefine. But you do pay. People think it's decentralized, but you do pay. You pay the miners. You pay all of those servers out there that are creating a boatload of, of global warming heat to uh, keep the blockchain running. And you pay well, a service fee to them, theoretically, when you, when you break it down. They are actually the central bank. Because they can change their fees to keep their servers well, but, but it's by definition decentralized. It's by definition decentralized, but I don't know a point in history where the powers that be are going to allow this to happen. And, and already I can see them uh, navigating and pushing everything to more private blockchains, and they're creating their own systems, JP Morgan, all of them, uh, to keep this from happening. 
Okay, fair enough. He's, he's, let, he's let not going to love decentralization. Let me summarize the three things that I want to I want to put across to our listeners. One, if you want to have a little bit of money in in cryptocurrencies, great. I would advise you to stick with the big ones, uh, but recognize that you're literally gambling. Two, these things are exceedingly volatile, which should be apparent to the casual observer. And three, and this is something we haven't mentioned yet, because in that same speech I was telling you about uh, from the head of the SEC, he said, there is so little regulation. He said, and these are his words, this is the Wild West. And what do I mean by that? That means without the SEC overlooking this, and, and they're going to start putting in more regulations. These markets are subject to manipulation. Somebody with a whole bunch of Bitcoin can move the market against you. Uh, and and, and uh, what's his name? Elon Musk. He can, he can just put out a tweet and he can cause something to go up or down 20% in a minute. So these, if markets can be manipulated, by definition, they're scary because you're not used to that. You can't do that on the New York Stock Exchange. You'll get arrested. But people are doing it right and left in crypto. So well, keep that in mind. Yeah, well, look what happened to Bitcoin when China decided to uh, disrupt the whole chain. Yeah, yeah, well, that yeah, that's a little different. But you could have a person that can move this market in any direction they want, any time they want. And so that's, that's a very, very different thing than investing in stocks or almost any other type of investment that we'll ever discuss. So I would be very, very cautious. And yet, at the same time, like I said, I've got to have a little money in there just in case. That's that's all I have to say. You guys have anything to add? I'm I'm not bullish on this thing. I can't help it. I, and I don't blame you. So we both throw our opinions out there. We'll see what happens. We'll, hopefully, we'll all be together long enough to see who was right and who was wrong and whether we gave good <laughs> advice or not. In the meantime, we are out of time, guys. But you know what? We are never out of topic. So dig a little deeper. You're going to find links to lots more info in our show notes. And remember, if your goal is to make more, to spend less, to retire rich, your online home is moneytalksnews.com. And don't forget to check out Miranda's online home as well. That's Miranda Marquit, M-A-R-Q-U-I-T.com. If you've got a question, comment, or topic you'd like to suggest, tell us about it. You can email us at hello at moneytalksnews.com. Hello at moneytalksnews.com. And one last thing, if you appreciate what we do, then do something for us. Subscribe to this podcast. Takes you two seconds. Helps us a lot, though. So if you like us, show us and subscribe. I'm Stacey Johnson. And I'm Miranda Marquette. I'm Aaron Freeman. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. We'll see you right here next time.